you are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not a ton. We are uh, moving through the off season at a at a quick pace. I mean, it's not quite the off season yet because the, there's still playoff football yeah. going on. But it's off season for the Cowboys. Uh, probably been off season for the Cowboys for almost a month at this point now. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it's we we're we're starting to actually get you know instead of a lot of speculation and 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 guessing and guesswork, we're starting to actually get some information and and it's it's starting to kind of help inform us on uh, on how things are going to look throughout the rest of the offseason for the Cowboys. Absolutely. So some of the news that we got on, I don't even know what day, know what day it is today, Wednesday, right? Yeah, something like is that. Is that uh, the Cowboys have officially hired Joe Witt Jr. Uh, to be their uh, secondary coach, uh, reuniting him with Dan Quinn, who he was with last year with the Falcons, um, reuniting him with Mike McCarthy, who he was with uh, basically from 2008 to 2018, I believe. So... What was your initial reaction when we heard that Witt got the job? Because this is somebody who, I believe, over the weekend interviewed for the defensive coordinator job. Yeah, this was someone that we, you know, were talking about uh, that 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 could have been been you know potentially hired for the defensive. Uh, coordinator job himself right and I think that there is mm-hmm. a lot of positive vibes about this guy uh, and the job he's done you know I think that uh, yeah, he's an interesting guy right um, I, I, I'm kind of just reading up on him a little bit uh, he's uh, dyslexic I mean this I'm not breaking news because there's lots of stories mm-hmm. about it but it's it's interesting how he's managed to leverage that into uh, really kind of relearning the teaching process in order to kind of be able to uh, adeptly communicate with all different types of players, right? And and, and that mm-hmm. he took his own uh, learning disability uh, and then used that to become kind of this uh, uh, teacher of a learning of teach a student of teaching i guess is the best way to put it right like he uh he you know i and this is this the the article that i read was while he was still in green bay or you know just just in 2018 but it was saying that every off season he goes back to uh i think it's texas a&m where where he went to school if i'm not mistaken um and he uh and he goes and uh, talks to teachers, uh, and he goes and 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 discusses learning techniques uh, f- that that he can get from those teachers to kind of help communicate with his kids and and, and his kids being professional football players and adults. But you know, I I think that is something that was, that was really interesting to me is just like kind of. Um, and especially at this level, right? I mean, he is a defensive passing game coordinator, but he's also the secondary coach, or he's he's going to be dealing with coaching these guys directly. And I think it's always interesting to see the kind of techniques that these guys use in order to kind of uh, impart wisdom on their players. Um, you know, I think the first thing that it, it's kind of being 
and, and this is no surprise, really, right? That the first thing that's being uh, thrown out there by the vast majority of Cowboys Nation is, well, let's just look at his last few stops and see where they ranked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, just that's not just fair. raw rankings <laughs> where they ranked. Uh, uh, you know, in, in the yeah. NFL, and it's it is it's totally unfair, and that's not how you should be. Uh, uh, you know, well, because I saw that I saw this on Twitter today because somebody was pointing out the Falcons with Quinn, you know, last year and looking at their passing game stats. And it's like, okay, guys, do you realize that AJ Terrell was their number one cornerback and he got COVID like in week three yeah. or whatever it is and missed the whole season? So you're relying on a first round corner to be your, your first round pick to be your best corner and he gets sick. And yeah, it's not surprising the defense wasn't very good. Yeah, you know, it's what's interesting too is that. You know, and I was looking at this as well. Is uh, do you realize that the last three stops, and that's the last 2018, 2019, 2020, that Joe Witt's been at uh, in 2018 with Green Bay, he had a rookie starter and a first year player as his two starting cornerbacks, right? In mm-hmm. 2019 at Cleveland, and I'll, I'll give you the names. 2018, it was Jar Alexander, his rookie year, right? Who was really good, yeah, yep. and Kevin King, right? Uh, mm-hmm. His 20, 2019, his second year, he had Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams as his starting quarterbacks. Yep. And then 2020, yep. he had A.J. Terrell and uh, Isaiah Oliver or Ricardo Allen, whoever you want to. Good luck. Yeah. I mean, yep. the yep. point is, is that this guy has. And look, Jared Alexander, Denzel Ward, uh, uh, you know, these are really good corners. These are good though. corners, but they're also really young players. I mean, yes, Jared exactly. Alexander was yep. 21 years old when he was starting cornerback for the the for Green Bay in 2018. Uh, uh, Greedy Williams and Denzel Ward were both 22 years old when they were this his starting cornerbacks for for Cleveland. So, at tw- you know, 2020. I mean, look, just, look, these are names. These are names you know. But these are also still young rookie cornerbacks and, and young players in the league, and 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 there's and if you look at the names that are around these guys, even uh, you know like Morgan Burnett is not exactly someone to that you're you know writing home about. De- Demarius Randall has no, but like he he got good play out of Morgan Burnett in Cleveland, yeah. like which is crazy. No, but I, mean, I guess that's my point is that is that you know yeah, yeah. like it's not a ton of talent and 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 he was able to kind of get something out of this and i mean look look at some of the other guys that he's actually had a chance to develop and spend time with Tremont Williams some of these guys from Green Bay these younger guys that kind of seemingly came out of nowhere you know i think that you can't just look at these you know one year results of of you know standings and 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 that's essentially what you're doing is box score scouting you know mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. I, I think that you need to like kind of do a deeper dive. You need to understand what these guys are about. Find out from players that have played with him, uh, or 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 uh, you know, find out kind of maybe individual player results or up you know uh, uh, development. Those are things that we you need to try to look at. You know, I. I had it, it. I don't know if you saw on Twitter, but I tried to get Will Blackman to give us a little bit more information. But he tweeted out that Joe Witt would be in a fantastic hire, and that, and, and at the very least, uh, the Cowboys would be extremely assignment sound, and Joe Witt would make sure of that. So uh, I know Charles Woodson speaks really highly of him as well. Yeah. So I mean, again, I think that these are uh, these are better endorsements than uh, than some guy necessarily who you know has a, can look at PFR to look at the 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 you know, the, the, sure. the stat rankings sure. for the team. Which again, those are those are team rating, ratings. That's the, and and the defensive backfield is only a part of that team. And, and even then, like you know, we talk about the 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 
how pass rush and, and uh, coverage work together. Th- that's a lot to parse. That, that information is mm-hmm. not cleanly about Joe Witt Jr. That that information is about that 2020 Atlanta Falcons defense or that 2019 Cleveland Browns defense, more so than about Joe Witt himself. Yeah, this, this sounds like it's a, a much better hiring than maybe the de- defensive backs coach that was here last year. Witt is very well respected. Um, I want to get into this hire just a little bit more because I think there's somebody else on the staff uh, who speaks very highly of Joe Witt and could stick around. So uh, we'll come right back and we'll talk about that. You're unique and so are your taxes. TurboTax Live has experienced tax experts who listen to you, learn about your unique tax situations, and answer your questions. And on top of all that, they can do your taxes from start to finish. Maybe you started investing and you want some reassurance from an expert that you're doing things right. Or maybe you're now self-employed and need some expert advice on what qualifies as a home office deduction. Or maybe you'd rather have an expert file your taxes for you so you can focus on what matters the most. No matter what your situation is, TurboTax Live experts can help you answer your questions, give tax advice, review your return before you file, or even do it all for you. TurboTax Live gives you confidence that your uniquely you taxes are done right. Intuit TurboTax Live, file with the help of an expert or let an expert file for you. Um, all right, Landon, one of the Cowboys' secondary coaches last year was Al Harris, who is a former Green Bay Packer defensive back, um, who also is a friend of Joe Witt. Uh, I don't know if I'm necessarily breaking news here or anything, but it does appear that the Cowboys are going to hold on uh, to Al Harris and allow him to continue to coach the uh, cornerback rooms. I don't believe that Maurice Lindquist uh, will still be here, but uh, that has all to shake out. But uh, a couple kind of questions that we got from yesterday's show that I want to tie in to this uh, to this hiring. I forgot who asked this question, and I apologize, but what defensive back currently fits this scheme, you know, the Joe Witt, the Dan Quinn scheme, the best so far? I mean, I think Diggs, right? Like, I mean, Diggs yeah. is a perfect fit for this. Like, uh, uh, you know, he's he doesn't have uh, elite long speed. Uh, that's, you know, kind of his, his the knock on him, right? But, I mean, I think if you look back at all the, all these great Seattle defenses and, and, and the cover one, cover three schemes, uh, these are guys who, you know, can can run with receivers up the field. Even though even though Diggs doesn't have, you know, kind of elite, uh, uh, maybe long speed, he's, he's a tall, he, uh, long player. He can get downfield with guys, you know, like he, yeah, he's, it's yeah. not like he, he's going to get blown past every time he, he, he can bump and run. He can, uh, you know, uh, play some off and he can get, he can get downfield with his length and his ball skills. He's still, uh, not someone that you always want to test down the field. Right. And I think that those are the guys that you're going to you look at for a little bit more. I mean, I, 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 you know, I, I guess I should know this answer before I before I look, but I have to think that uh, you know the what's the name? Westry Chris Westry, <laughs> yeah, Chris su- Westry. suddenly is, uh, is suddenly feeling a lot better about his job than he did going sure. into the season last year, right? So well, I would also say Savion Smith. I mean, yeah. again, these are real down the roster yeah, guys, sure. but Savion Smith, a long. I don't want to even call him athletic, but physical <laughs> cornerback. Well, and and again, I, I think you know another guy that is is being kind of lost in all this that we shouldn't forget because I think he's honestly going to play a big role next year uh, is Maurice Canaday. 
you know, and and mm, he's still he's still yes. on this roster. He's still on this team, and he fits the mold of what you're looking for uh, here as well. A tall, long armed corner. He's got some good speed. I don't know that he's your your opposite starting corner with no, Diggs, no. but I think he. But if he's your fourth, yeah, corner? he's he's in competition for your third or fourth corner. That you're you're feeling pretty good. So, I think for the Cowboys, you know, they don't need to. I mean, you look, they they just kind of came from this system, so they don't really need to yeah, make any kind yeah. of. Uh, uh, special changes to kind of get uh, the raw, I mean, you know, anything more than they would have done anyways, right? They'd still need a cornerback. They Correct. still need a safety. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know that any of this changes. I think it's just what this does is that it helps us get a uh, more defined shape on the kind of player we're looking for. I, I think what's going to be interesting is, uh, you know, kind of the shuffle at safety to be more than anything. Cause I think, mm. what do you do with Reggie yep. Robinson now? Do you move him back to corner? Do you, you know, what's, where's Donovan Wilson going to play? I, I'm assuming in the box, but I mean, who's playing free safety for you? So I, these are all questions I think that are interesting that, you know, uh, you start to kind of weigh at the same time that you look at, uh, you know, these defensive backs that are on the roster and who uh, kind of fits and doesn't fit that the mold. Maybe you start looking at some of those players uh, as converts to uh, safety or corner, or vice versa, depending on, you know, their physical attributes. I got to be honest. I kind of forgot Reggie Robinson was on the team, mm. and we just we really didn't see him at yeah. all, right? And you know, once he moved to safety, it was like, okay, well, we're just gonna have to wait and see what you are next I, year when you have a full lot. I'm interested but- to, to you know, look, I, I, I'm fascinated to know what the scouts thought about Reggie Robinson, right? Because uh, I wonder if this- my guess is they lo- they thought of it as him as a cornerback. Yeah, right? so I, I just would have to. Assume. I guess that's my question: is that is was the Reggie Robinson to safety move a Nolan Linquist thing, or is that something that's going to continue? Because I mean, honestly, I think you know if you move him to cornerback. Uh, suddenly, you've got pretty decent depth at cornerback. You know, I, I think yeah. I think you yep. still need a, another guy, right? A, a, you need you need that other that starter. Other starter. But if all of a sudden, if, if it's if it's Diggs, first round pick, Anthony Brown in your slot, and then it's Maurice Kennedy and Reggie, Reggie Robinson. Robinson. Okay, I'm, that's five corners. You probably feel that's, pretty decent that's good. about, right? Like I'm I'm good with that now. Uh, if if Reggie Robinson is the corner that we thought he is, and and, and frankly, mm-hmm. we don't know, right? Because he missed an entire year. To, uh, I don't know if training, they know. So we'll see. Yeah, I don't know if they know either. Um, this next question comes from Adam Landon, and it's, has the NFL figured out the cover three defense? Because it was really popular early on in the decade with Seattle, and then everybody copied it, right? We saw, I mean, how many teams hired these cast-offs in, in Seattle between Gus Bradley going to Jacksonville and went to the Chargers and Dan Quinn, and I mean, I, hundreds of these we've seen, basically, but... Uh, do you think this is a defensive scheme that has been figured out? I saw a coaching clip yesterday from uh, Steve Sarkeesian, uh, who is now with Texas, talking about how easy it is to beat cover three. Is, is that something that you buy? Is that? But see, what you need to do is dig deeper on that quote, because that, that's interesting that you brought up the Sarkeesian thing. But did you hear what he actually was asking the coaches? What he was, a- no, what he was no, asking no. the coaches was, how many of you guys called just cover three? And what he was saying is like vanilla, no tags, plain cover three, right? And the and, and the answer mm-hmm. is, is that very few good defensive coordinators are running straight flavored cover three, right? Mostly, what's the, the, what good coaches have done have figured out ways because because what he what he Sarkisian was actually talking about in the context of that clip and is is 
actually very relevant to your question is RPOs have killed cover three because it, mm-hmm. it, 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 it messes with your, with your landmarks. It, it, it screws up. It puts the corners in the, in the, in the cover men in impossible run past conflicts that, that there is no right answer for, because no matter what, if you're flowing to the football while I'm pretending to hand, while I have the option to hand it off one way and your flow is vacating the underneath the buzz drop for a slant that's happening on the backside of the formation, there's no way to be in two places at once. There's no way for that linebacker to be able to defend the underside of that of that slant and to flow in time to catch that running back if the ball is handed off, right? And 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 right. basically, you know, the way RPOs work is that they're going to hand that ball off until you that linebacker moves. And as soon as that linebacker starts flowing to that 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 uh, to the run, that's when they'll hit that backside slant. And that's when they'll start you know killing teams. And and the truth is is that it's easy money if you're just playing it straightforward. And that's again why it's important to disguise your coverages pre-snap. Right, because if mm-hmm. if if teams know that you are going to be in cover three at the snap, and they don't need to do any kind of post snap processing other than just their normal RPO read, then uh, then you're you're just giving them you know it, it's it's easy easy money. So I I don't think the answer is that I don't think that what cover three is uh, figured out. I mean I think all let's be clear I think all coverages have been figured out. Offenses have uh, play calls that you know to beat every single type of coverage. There is no coverage right, right. that that, that an offense yeah. hasn't figured out a way to beat. The question is: Are you going to know to call your cover three beaters on offense at the time that I'm calling cover three on defense? And 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 right. if you call a cover three beater and I'm in t- in, in two man, how much is that going to screw you up? You know, now now, well, now, that, we you're, also, now that you're we, seeing that post snap, how much is that co- going to screw up the quarterback while he's trying to go through his progressions? How much does that make him hold on to the ball for a second longer? And how much longer is that extra time holding onto the ball going to result in Randy Gregory and and, and Demarcus Lawrence uh, meeting at the quarterback to create a quarterback sandwich? Uh, all, all great points, and we've talked about this a lot on the podcast. But defensive coordinators really need to be problem solvers yeah. in today's NFL, right? You, I don't think you can just have one scheme and stick to it and say, "Hey." This is my scheme. You either beat it or you don't. You've got to be able to do adjust. You got to be able to change up coverages, change up the way that you rush and blitz. Uh, and I think, again, while the Falcons' defense wasn't super successful last year, I do think there are some encouraging signs that Dan Quinn isn't just this stubborn defensive mind who wants to run his own scheme, right? I think, I think there are some encouraging things about how he changes up his coverages and all that kind of stuff. Uh, that have me at least a little bit excited. He has a much wider um, base of influence. I think that's the thing yeah, that's really interesting yeah. to me is that uh, I, one of the reasons I wanted Gus Bradley over Quinn is that I just perceived that Gus Bradley had a wider base of influence. He tried different things than, you know, as far as the, the tree of cover three coaches. After diving in a little bit more into Dan Quinn's history and looking at his, his past and everything, I I think he has a very similar kind of history. He he came from a, a three four look. He came from a Saban uh, uh, type defense at one point. He came from right. uh, you know the Jets with uh, with a uh, Mangini. Uh, Mangini. I think I, I want to call him Mangenius. I can't. I cannot yeah. remember Eric Mangini's <laughs> last name. Um, but anyways, he's not a genius. Uh, but but I think the point is is that <laughs> there he comes. He has a much more broad uh, uh, history of, of of using sure, a bunch of different sure. techniques. Whereas Marinelli Kiffin, I mean, these guys had been doing the. Exact exact same thing for 40 plus years 
I agree. Uh, last thing on the uh, Dan Quinn, Joe Witt hiring. We know Dan Quinn is really good at coaching defensive line. That's really his trait, right? That's He, he was a defensive lineman. Uh, he was at his best when he's coaching these guys. So I think it was really important for him to get a veteran secondary coach that's yeah. really good with the coverages and the teaching part of it. And I think the combination of these two guys uh, has me really excited. So I think I, I think everybody is kind of having some realistic expectations now. This probably is not going to be a top 10 unit, uh, but can they be closer to average? I think they're at least trending in that direction. Uh, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Bet Online. Are you guys ready for some football? We've got the divisional round of the playoffs coming up uh we've got futures bets you can make for next season nfl draft bets are already up there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust with our bets and that is betonline.ag sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on for your 50 percent welcome bonus don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and don't forget to use the promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet on bet online your online sportsbook experts. All right, Landon, two uh, quick questions. The first one is uh, about the cornerback room. We just got done talking about uh, how we feel pretty good if they would move Reggie Robinson over there. What if the Cowboys are getting into the draft process and they just don't love Caleb Farley and Patrick Sertan at number 10? Would you be interested in potentially ignoring the the cornerback spot in the first or second round and going out and getting a veteran cornerback who knows the scheme really, really well, such as a Richard Sherman? Is that something that interests you? Yeah, I mean, I think that that it can. Um, I, I think that... You know, you're clearly going to need to get to a spot where uh, you feel comfortable with, uh, you know, and, and this is something the Cowboys do every year, right? Is is you, you're clearly going to need to get to a spot where you're comfortable with what you have on the roster entering the draft, right? Because I, mm-hmm. I, is, there's just you just don't know, like nothing is nothing is guaranteed to you, uh, even at the tenth pick, that you're going to be able to get. Patrick Sertan or Farley or that you even want those guys you know what I'm saying like so I I think that you know the 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 first thing the Cowboys need to do is to at least get their cornerback room into a spot where they feel comfortable now I I do think that there is something to the idea that if you're not re-signing uh, uh, Chidobe Awuze if you're not re-signing any of these guys you're really got no you really have no kind of veteran depth in that cornerback room, and I, and I think that that's that's something that's noteworthy because you have such a you know group of young players. It, it feels like it really would be beneficial potentially to have uh, you know uh, R- Richard Sherman. I don't know, sure Richard Sherman, someone like that who has some kind of skins on the wall that has uh, you know history in. Uh, uh, playing in this scheme uh, because it's so you know it's I mean this is it's a scheme mm-hmm. where it's all about technique right it's not about right. like learning a, a complicated uh, a playbook it's not about learning uh, you know a, a whole bunch of difficult checks or it's about f- focusing on the techniques getting the techniques down exactly the way you want to uh, so that you can play fast and, and and I think having a vet out there to kind of uh, that that's it's a player that that kind of has that that um, that that barrier, you know, that, that kind of connection between the coach and the young players, right? The guy that's like that can say, "Hey, look, 
this works for me. All right, this the coach taught me this years ago. This is how it's been successful for me. This is how I've used it to translate into my success. Uh, you trust this, you know, buy into this. I think that really just helps with young players kind of buy into techniques when they have a veteran player out there who is kind of you know in the room with them that isn't just part of the coaching staff saying, hey, these guys yeah, know so what they're doing. Richard Sherman, uh, according to Over the Cap, has a free agent valuation this year of about $8 million. And he'll be 33 in March. Uh, and Pro Football Focus and Over the Cap both are projecting Chidobe Awuzie to get around the same amount of money, probably on a longer-term deal. So for me, if I could get Sherman for a year and basically rent him and then draft another corner, let's say on you know day two and day three and kind of ease him into that, I kind of like that idea, Landon. Like get some, get one of those guys that really knows the scheme. Help him teach Trevon Diggs and let it be a bridge. And use your first round pick elsewhere, maybe to upgrade the defense. I I, I don't hate that. I gotta say. So just just something to, to keep in mind. Uh, and as we get to free agency, there's a lot of actually really good corners uh, that are expected to hit the market. We'll have to kind of dive through some of those guys to see which ones. It would make some sense in this defense. And lastly, I got this question a bunch yesterday. What are the Cowboys looking at in defense tackle now? Uh, people want to know, does, does Tristan Hill and Neville Gallimore fate? Are we looking for the one-gapping types, the guys that can get up the field, the, the Grady Jarrett types, or are we looking for something different? What are you expecting here at the defensive tackle spot for the Cowboys going forward? This is where I'm I'm less certain, but I I feel like yes, you should definitely tend more towards one gapping defensive lineman. You know, I think that that's obviously, you know, a a uh, point that they're gonna they're gonna make right that they're gonna get back into. That's that's something that that I think that that was almost mandated from up high. You know, that they wanted that the coaching that the ownership and 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 the GM level wanted a, a, a return to kind of a one gapping scheme because that's you know where they've they well, feel like the, the system kind of failed them the most. You know, is 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 that yeah? And, and you know, look, the truth is is that no matter what, whether it's a one gap or two gap system, Without a doubt. yes. The Cowboys need better talent at the position, specifically a defensive tackle, you know. And so I think that Tristan Hill, I, I, I think that this is good news for Tristan Hill and, and mm-hmm. Gallimore. I, I don't, I think that's ultimately the question that we're asking, right? Is I think that, you know, this is good news for, uh, you know, their future because I think this fits a little bit better what they want to do. Um, I still think the Cowboys are in need, you know, at the position. They're going to need to go out and get a veteran guy. They're going to need to to draft somebody um, because I don't know that, you know, what you have currently on the roster, even with, uh, you know, great leaps and bounds coming into this next offseason is going to be enough to uh, service what you what your need is at defensive tackle. So I would definitely still be looking at a veteran defensive tackle. Um you know, I think that they need they. I still feel like they need a kind of a more dominant one tech presence. You know, and I don't know that the that the, that the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. You know, we we don't really know what this means for uh, drafting at that position specifically, right? Because like it's it still kind of was a. Uh, a changing of the guard sort of uh, thought process with the defensive tackle position last year. So it, it will be really interesting to see the kind of guys that they bring in this year, whether it's free agency or uh, draft. Now, they, they did bring in and sign um, 
uh, a big honking nose tackle. No, uh, no. but obviously it, this last year, but obviously that didn't work out. So, you know, does the Poe experiment uh, turn them off from trying to do that again? I hope not. Because I think that they still should really consider getting maybe a, a guy who's in better shape, but still a big run defender who they can come in and, and can kind of help on on rundown so that you have. I mean, again, we got to get above the muck Mosier line. We got to we got to find a way to stop the bleeding enough uh, so that we, the rest of this defense can play the way that it's supposed to. So I think that they need two veteran defense probably a three tackles, and a to be one. honest yep. again. Um, I mean, and that really. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and, and I think that you know, based on what we saw in the offseason last year, I'm just curious year, how much uh, they resources they're going to devote to that position because they need corners and they need a safety. Is it going to be easier to find average guys at defensive tackle and spend your draft picks in the you know in the secondary or vice versa? I will say I I've been really looking at this over the last couple of days. There is a ton of defensive line talent that's going to become available here in free agency over the next couple of months. And I think even guys that are currently on rosters that are on contracts are going to become available because with that cap not going up and actually decreasing, you have a lot of teams like the Eagles and Steelers and Saints that they're going to have to shed a ton of contracts. So look at free agency now, and I think there's going to be three or four big names yeah. added to that group here in the next couple of weeks. And I think you can get a pretty good guy. I mean, we've been talking about Dalvin Tomlinson. Uh, Leonard Williams is absolutely absolutely going to get paid. Jonathan Hankins for the Raiders played really well this year. That's a, an interesting one technique. And then there's guys, you know, if you want more of the one gap, you know, or, you know, three techniques, Malik Collins will become available. Sheldon Rankins is another one that will be out there. Nadama Kinsu, Larry Obenjoye. So just, just a ton of names. So I do feel good about that spot potentially being able to be shored up in free agency. But we've got a long ways to go before we even get there. Uh, again, Senior Bowl coming up in a couple weeks. We're going to have to start previewing some of those guys here soon. Uh, we can continue with uh, with all the hirings that the Cowboys have. Uh, I expect more uh, news to come out over the next couple weeks. We'll see about George Edwards maybe sticking around potentially to, to coach the linebackers. Uh, we'll see. So lots of information. Make sure you guys are uh, downloading the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, We're Wherever you get your podcasts, make sure you follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.